So good afternoon, Jeff. We're back here talking more about Macra, perhaps the most exciting set of podcasts ever made. Unquestionably. I think we're going to talk for now about quality measure selection, which is which is probably the most prominent category of the MIPS composite score, not just by the percent that it's worth, but also by, I think, the amount of effort and time it takes a practice to do. So when you when you think about value-based payment systems, what do you think the hardest part of participation is? So when I think about value-based payment, I think first and foremost about process change, uh, and then secondly about human resource management. I would agree with you completely. In fact, I probably could not have said it better myself. And, and I, I, I want to talk about the quality category of MACRA in those terms, because really a lot about quality is not understanding the rules, though obviously that's important, but it's really figuring out how to do the things that are necessary to achieve. Yeah, I would agree. I think that the amount of planning, the amount of behavior modification and data tracking are, are truly a challenge, and probably more so than, than really any of the other categories of macro. So tell me then, how do you think people should get started? That's an existential question in my book. And what I mean by that is, really, you have to know yourself and know your practice. It's really understanding what your practice does, what they do well, what you're prepared to measure, what the resources in your practice are to gather and collect that data, and then understanding the measures that reflect those aspects of your practice so that when you go down the path of collecting data, you're not only collecting data on the right measures, but you're measuring the things that are reflective of the care your practice gives. Yeah, so if the existential question is know thyself, um, I would say you're right. That's only half of the answer. So how do you get to the other half? How do you pick the quality measures? Conveniently, CMS has laid out 271 quality measures for the clinician or practice to choose from. These are available for review at qpp.cms.gov. In fact, there's a lot of data there. Of those measures, you have to be thoughtful about how you go through them because depending on how you report data for those measures and by what vehicle you report, that is whether you're going to report at the bottom of claims forms or whether you're going to report through your EHR or whether you're going to use some sort of registry, the measures change up a little bit. That is to say, the measures, especially under MACRA, are now scored differently. And that scoring, which is a benchmark scoring process, changes year to year, and not just changes year to year, but changes depending on how you're reporting the data. So when you go to that library, you have to download the file, choose measures that reflect your care, and understand the vehicles, that is, which tools you're going to use to report on those measures. All right, my head is spinning. You have uh, successfully confused me. This is a complex set of, uh, of things to keep in mind. So, uh, you know, explain to me, how does CMS actually score quality data? So that, that's, a great, that's a great starting point. So let's keep it simple to start with. Under the quality section of MACRA, a practice is responsible for reporting on six quality measures if you are maximally reporting data. So that means of the 271 measures, you have to pick six. Easy enough. Those six measures will all have numerators and denominators and stuff like that. And you will end up with a quality scorecard that says what percentage of the patients that fell into the denominator for the measures you've chosen have achieved whatever the numerator measure is. Now, this is where it gets a little confusing because 
you may get 80% of your patients in the numerator for any given measure. But that doesn't mean you get 80% of the score. What that means is that compared to other people who have in past years performed on that measure, you fall into a decile range. And while you may be in the eighth decile and get eight points, an 80% could also be in the sixth decile. It all depends on prior year's scoring. Now, CMS has made this as transparent as possible. They publish the decile benchmark distributions for each of the measures, and they update those on a yearly basis, again, at qpp.cms.gov. But that plays a really important role in how you decide what measures you're going to choose to report on. Because if you're choosing measures in which you can only score 10 points out of the possible 10 points by scoring 100% on the measure, you may be putting yourself at a relative disadvantage. Yeah, so it sounds to me like every metric probably has a bell curve or something along those lines. And clearly, you're going to want to know where your outcomes fall on, uh, on that bell curve. So based on that, what does it really take to understand how somebody should collect data for these quality measures? And then what have you seen real people do to break down their work? Yeah, this is, this is probably the hardest part of choosing and understanding quality measure work. Because each quality measure is never as simple as one set of criteria to fit someone into a denominator and then one numerator. Uh, let's just look at, for example, tobacco use. So the denominator for tobacco use looks at patients over the age of 18 and who are being seen for an outpatient encounter of some sort, typically an office-based encounter. So those are the patients that are automatically in the denominator for this measure. If that patient is reported as using tobacco, and they're currently using tobacco, to be in the numerator, the numerator for this measure, you have to then demonstrate that they have received counseling and or a prescription for a smoking cessation medication. And you start to see why it gets really confusing, because now you have to understand not just who would apply for this measure, but whether or not you're able to adequately collect the data to know whether or not you've done the thing that is being measured, which is, did you provide tobacco cessation screening, that is, are they there, and counseling for stopping the use of tobacco. So in this case, obviously, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of people involved. How do you get the people and the parts engaged in all of these activities? And then, most importantly, how do you operationalize all of this? That's a great question, and I think that's, that's really where the rubber meets the road for these quality measures, because breaking down each of the data components of a quality measure requires you to understand the workflow of your practice, who collects what data in your practice, where in your electronic health record each of those data elements is stored, and then assigning responsibility to ensure that they consistently do that. And so, for instance, going back to the Measure 226 smoking cessation example again, the data elements are age, which is typically calculated by date of birth, so that's an automatic thing, the visit CPT code, often, or often entered by the provider at the time of billing, the date of the visit, again, typically auto-generated. But then, does the patient currently smoke or use tobacco products, I should say? That is, could be something gathered by a medical assistant. It could be gathered by the physician. It will vary by practice to practice, but someone needs to be responsible for collecting that day-to-day. And then you need to know whether or not counseling was provided. Often in EHRs, this is a checkbox. It might not be. 
But again, someone needs to be responsible for saying, if I identify a smoker, did I provide the cessation for cessation counseling? And then lastly, you, there, there is the possibility of prescribing pharmacotherapy for this, which means now you have to put in the concept of an ERX and the various electronic prescribing things that go on in an EHR. Again, who's responsible? Usually the physician, but it could be entered by a nurse for physician approval, etc. But again, it, keeping track of who's doing this and assigning primary responsibility is really the goal. Uh, my head is spinning. I, I may not choose smoking cessation as a, uh, as a quality metric. This is one of the simpler ones. <laughs> and, 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 and building on that workflow really requires fundamentally the practice transformation. And that's why this is such a complex set or such a complex category within macro. Because really you need to ask yourself as a practice a couple different questions. What are the incentives, not just for the clinician who may get a bonus or a penalty as part of this, but for the staff to really participate in the data gathering process? Do you bonus the people beyond the clinician who's the billing, the licensed independent practitioner who's billing? And what and how often are these quality data reviewed? That is, you've got these discrete data elements in your EHR, who's reviewing them for the thoroughness with which they're being filled out and whether there's any reporting out before you send it off to CMS to say, hey, how good of a job are we doing this and are the people that we've assigned responsibility for actually doing the work they, they, they put in place? And then lastly, you need to have some set of reconciliation. That is, if you start to find gaps in the data, how does your practice or, or group of clinicians go back and correct the records? What's the process in place to hold people accountable if they say, I'm not doing this, I don't have time to do this kind of stuff? Where, where does it all fall out? And ultimately, quality measure reporting is, is primarily driven by the practice transformation. That is to say, to do these things right means your practice is doing things differently. And that's, I think, the goal CMS has in mind. So obviously, CMS recently released some, some updates for MACRA for 2018. Um, it's not the final rule, but based on that, what might we expect to see as changes for the quality portion of MACRA coming next year? Yeah, I, th I think these are some key elements that, that need to be considered, but again, these are not finalized rules yet, but things to keep on your radar screen. So primarily, CMS is very interested in keeping quality as the foremost category within MACRA. They're not changing the weighting of that category, meaning it's worth 60 out of the 100 MIPS composite score points, but... For nephrology, they've released a list of quality measures, a bundle of quality measures that would be typical of nephrologists. This is table B21 in the proposed rule if you're so inclined to look, but you will see measures very similar to the quality bundle that was provided under the PQRS program. The other thing that's really interesting that they're doing is starting down the pathway of allowing clinicians to submit data on quality measures from a variety of EHRs. In the past, you could only submit data from one system. This opens the possibility, at least, of using things like dialysis information systems to send some sets of quality metrics while you use your CKD or office-based EHR to send another set of quality metrics. Again, you're going to have to check with your EHR vendor to make sure that would work out okay from each of those venues, or each of those EHR products, sorry. But at the end of the day, it opens possibilities that were much harder before. So as complex as all of this is, I still am of the opinion that nephrologists are really well suited to do well in a MIPS environment. We're already very much quality outcomes oriented with regard to everything that's been going on with Five Star and Quip on our ESRD sides, um, and just with how nephrologists have been positioned with PQRS. So I, I guess my final question to you is, even though it's complex, this is doable. 
Any last thoughts for docs out there that are about to begin this endeavor? Yeah, this is absolutely doable. The most important thing is to start early, plan, work through a process in which you understand what quality measures you're reporting on. Don't shotgun it. That is, collect every quality measure possible in your EHR. And then make sure you understand where the data comes from in your practice and where the data lives in your EHR. But you're absolutely right. If we're doing CKD and ESRD well, you're already doing a lot of what needs to be done. It's simply making sure you develop the discipline and rigor to capture the right discrete data elements along the paths and the care pathways you're already providing. Thanks, Adam. Excellent. Thank you for listening to the RPA podcast. This is only one of the topics addressed in greater detail in RPA's Renal Physician's Guide to Nephrology Practice. For more information on this and other topics that will help you with efficiently managing your nephrology practice, download a copy of the RPA Guide from the RPA Store at www.renalmd.org. Contact the RPA office at 301-468-3515 with any questions.